It was such a huge victory for homeschooling, and it was our first victory for homeschooling in South Carolina. And Mike Ferris and all the attorneys call me one morning, and they say, San, we won, we won, and they're cheering. And in my mind, I'm hearing, like, the walls of Jericho falling because I just can sense freedom after, you know, eight years of fear and prosecution and persecution. It was really amazing. Hi, you're listening to the Zan Tyler Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load, or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades and almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Zan Tyler Podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler, and we are getting ready to do part two of the two-part podcast that we started last week. So the guest is my husband, and we are talking about our homeschooling story that started back in 1984. So I've been threatened with jail. We've homeschooled a year, and now we're at the point where we realize we need to be politically involved. So after, and, and I would really encourage you to go back and listen to part one so that this part will make sense to you. So after Bill Clement came to our door and told me about the state register and that these regulations that the State Department of Education wanted to promulgate, which were awful, requiring a college degree of homeschooling parents and only use state-approved text, which means you couldn't use Christian curriculum in any of your homeschools, I called our lawyer again. And he said, well, Zan, you can call a public hearing. You need to get 25 letters in to the State Department of Education requesting a hearing, and it will stop those let those that bill or those regulations from becoming law. So Joe and I had a Tandy one thousand. Yay! <laughs> and um, so we had. <laughs> it was probably the first affordable personal computer um, that was made by. Uh, the Tandy company. I think they make leather and all kind of stuff. Anyway. Yes. Uh, just an aside, Joe promised me if we spent a thousand dollars, which was a ton of money back then for us yeah. on this computer, it would wash our dishes, clean our bathrooms and teach our kids. Yep. And I worked in the <laughs> IT industry and we had personal computers at work or were just in the process of getting them. So this whole thing was brand new, but I knew enough to, to at least print address labels, I think. And yeah. so for this, this hearing, uh, oh, Zan, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did we did have a hearing. So but what happened was Joe and I had just been keeping a list and it wasn't a, I don't even think it was a list. 
you know, I'd been keeping a list of people who had called me and knew about the word homeschooling. So I'd had lots of literacy groups calling me from around the country trying to help homeschoolers in other states. I'd had some people moving into South Carolina calling me that had homeschooled in other states. And then just people who were interested in our story. So we, I sent out our first homeschool letter at that point and said, we need your help. The State Department of Education wants to pass these awful regulations, and we need 25 letters. Um, so this was the technology. I said, I need you to do it on, you know, I need you to send carbon copies to me and your original letter to this person at the State Department of Education. And if we get 25 letters, we stop these regulations and we have a public hearing. And I thought, there is no way we are going to get 25 letters. And we ended up getting 125 letters. I couldn't believe it. But when I had 25 letters, it was it was time I needed to go talk to the people at the State Department of Education and tell them we wanted a hearing. So I can remember going, um, I was pregnant with our third child. And I can remember, I just remember all these details so vivid in my mind that power was out. And this guy was on the ninth floor and I had to walk up all these stairs in the heat um, to take these letters to Dr. Karn's office. And I can just remember when I showed up, nobody was happy. Of course, they had been getting the letters and I told them I wanted to have the public hearing. So then in the meantime, um, I started having, so, so we're the we don't know any of the details yet about the public hearing. We just know we have enough letters to stop it and call a hearing at this point. And so I was pregnant with Joy, um, our third child, and I started having real problems during the pregnancy. Um, we ended up going into the hospital. Um, Joy was stillborn. I called her stillborn. She was six months you know, I was the size, like I was full-term pregnant. I was about six months pregnant and uh, should have died during the process. The Lord just saved my life. I just think it was a miracle. So Joe and I are in the hospital. We're grieving over this baby we've lost. And we get a call on our voicemail answering machine, you know, because there were no cell phones then. And it was somebody from the Department of Education saying, we have set your hearing for either May 12th or May 13th. This was March, two months earlier. You have 60 days um, to let us know who your speakers are, who your expert witnesses are, you know, yada, yada, yada. So we planned that first public hearing from my hospital room. After Joy's birth and death, I was um, looking through some of my personal archives one day and came across this yellow legal pad. And there are just all these tear stains on, you know, all of our notes. And so I went home. I just wanted to crawl in a hole and die. But instead, I needed to go home and homeschool my boys and get ready for this public hearing, which we did. So we had our first public hearing with the State Department of Education. We had about, I want to say, several hundred people show up. Dr. Moore was our expert witness. Nobody was expecting that many people. I had already been called 
by um, the people at the State Department of Education saying we would have like 30 minutes to present our case. And we had spent, you know, Joe and I, these, these were out-of-pocket expenses. We were bringing in Dr. Moore, and he had an honorarium of $2,500, and we had to pay his airfare. And we're sending out all these letters. There's no state organization yet. This is just us. And so we've got legal bills, and we're doing all of this. And um, you know, and so we have the first public hearing. Um, and instead of 30 minutes, again, um, my dad was good friends with the man who was the uh, chairman of this committee. And he said, you know, it is not fair. It is it is not due process. It's nothing good when you hold back people's voices. So the committee voted to extend the hearing and they told us we could take all day long if we wanted to as a homeschooling com community to air our grievances and talk about what we wanted the law to look like. And it wasn't what, you know, what they decided on. So after that, we really had our first week. We rented a room at Columbia College and Dr. Moore spoke and he said, you know, you guys need to help Joe and Zan uh, make up these expenses. And people handed us checks and cash and it just like to the penny paid all of our expenses from that day. So we're beginning to see more people in the hand of the Lord. And it was during this time that I realized, okay, we've, we, the, the Department of Education said, we don't care what you said. These regulations are going to the House Education and Public Works Committee, um, for a hearing. And that was when I went and saw the Senate, the state senator for the first time. And, uh, it was Warren Gazay. He was my senator. He was our senator. And I had gotten to know his daughter, Beezy, at Girl State. And um, so I went, and, I, and, and Senator Gazay was in a peculiarly placed position to help us. He had been the USC, University of South Carolina football coach, <clears throat> but also had his PhD in education. So I just told him my whole story, how we had gotten there. I don't know what happened to me. I just sat there, I think, and cried like a baby in his office. And he said, Zan, I cannot believe you have been treated this way. I will be your sponsor for any legislation. But first, we got to get these regulations killed. Um, we had, by this time, um, we're going into the 1987 legislative session. He said, um, 86, 87. And he said, he said, Zan, politicians can't always do a lot of things, but they can count. You get your people out. So we had about 450 people come to that hearing at the State Department of Education. Uh, I mean, at the uh, House Education and Public Works room and newspaper reporters, cameramen were everywhere. What is this group that has 450 people here? I mean, this is really just the beginning of the pro-family days and, you know, lots of people. They, they had never seen anything like this on the state house grounds. And sure enough, the state house, the 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 um, House Education and Public Works Committee tore up those regulations, said we never want to see them again. And that was that. So I told Joe and, and, you know, this story could go on and on and on, but this was really the beginning of some good things. So Joe took a few days off work. I was just physically exhausted. I told Joe, I just, I want to go to bed for three days now that all of this is over. I just want to go to bed and rest, let my body recoup, let my mind. And, and I said, just, just don't get me out of bed for anything. And so the next morning he comes upstairs and he says, you need to take this phone call. 
And I said, did you not get the memo? And he said, no, this is Ann. This is David Beasley. He was a, he was a member of the House Education and Public Works Committee. And David was one of the youngest representatives who had ever been elected in South Carolina history. He went on to become governor. And so we got to be cl- good friends during that whole process. And he said, Zan, I want to file some good legislation for homeschooling like they have in Georgia. Georgia, North Carolina, nobody's having problems like we're having. And he said, so I want you to go down to the state house with me. Get up, get dressed, let's go file this this good legislation. So to make a long story short, the um, chairman of the Senate Education Committee called me and said, Zan, this legislation will never fly in South Carolina. I'm appointing an ad hoc committee that you will be a part of and we'll have compromised legislation. So we worked on this for two years. And um, and so I said, the thing we don't want, I mean, we were willing to die on the hill for the fact that a parent could have a GED or high school diploma and that a parent ought to be able to use Christian curriculum or any curriculum they chose. And so then they added these other things. You had to teach four and a half hours a day. A school board had to approve you if you know, if you had a curriculum of your choice, if you had a GED or high school diploma, and then all these other things, you had to have a library accessible, had to do state mandated testing, teach 180 days, four and a half hours a day. I mean, it was very structured and awful, but it was better than what we had. And the last day of debate on that bill on the House floor, um, when the bill should have been passed, a man stood up and added what is called the Triple E Amendment, saying if a homeschooling parent didn't make, didn't have a college degree, they had to make a passing score on the education entrance exam. And so that was an exam designed for kids in college that wanted to be teachers. And so that passed unanimously, and that was that. And so instead of legislation taking care of what was becoming to be more and more lawsuits, um, people filing lawsuits. Uh, HSLDA was beginning to get involved with us at this point. Um, and more people being turned down by their school districts, more hostility. Um, so we thought this law would solve all those problems. When the Tripoli Amendment passed, it just opened Pandora's box. It multiplied the numbers of lawsuits and just made and made homeschooling a nightmare for anybody who moved out of state into South Carolina. So this is when I called Mike Ferris at Homeschool Legal Defense for the first time. Um, we tried, David Beasley worked with me, we tried to get a Simple Technical Amendments Act passed, which didn't work, and Mike Ferris came in and filed a class action suit uh, in South Carolina over the use of the Triple E. And this was really important because dozens and dozens of states were waiting in the wings to see if South Carolina was going to be successful in asking parents to have certain credentials before they could teach. So this was a really precedent-set setting lawsuit. So we lost, I mean, for a while, South Carolina was like the like Narnia. It was always winter, but never Christmas. We lost everything. We lost a lot of Skays lawsuits at the local court level. Um, we, we were losing and we lost the Triple E, the Triple E suit um, at the lower level and things were beginning to be appealed to the state Supreme Court. In the middle of this whole Tripoli mess, Joe and I 
just started an organization called the South Carolina Association of Independent Homeschools. It was after we couldn't get a law, a good law passed with the tech with with the Technical Amendments Act, and I was so depressed. And so I found an attorney. I found a memo from an attorney saying that homeschools in South Carolina could be treated as private schools and have an accrediting agency over them. And you start that, and it would be like the private school agency. So we set up SCAES, the South Carolina Association of Independent Homeschools. I called Mike Ferris at midnight. I said, "Do you think this is, will work?" He said, "Yep." Call me in the morning. We incorporated SCAES. All the private school people said, "You'll have two years." years before they take you to court. Um, make sure you get, you know, you keep up with your test results because homeschoolers have a history of great test results done. So we incorporated in June of 1990. Um, Three months later, we had 12 of our members, 11 or 12 of our members in Lexington County served with truancy notices. And these were the types of things where the policemen came to their door, some in the middle of the night with the big flashlights. Some of them wanted to serve the subpoena or the, um, the truancy notice to the child instead of the parent. And, you know, all we have are phone trees. So the phone trees are going and people are packing up their cars and getting out of Dodge before, you know, the sheriff's department or the police get to their house. We've got a meeting with Mike Ferris and we're all on the phone, speaker phone, sitting in somebody's living room trying to figure out what to do. And, and, and meanwhile, we've lost the triple E case at lower level. Um, it's, we started SCAE so that people could homeschool with a high school diploma and the curriculum they wanted to use. So we, um, we're losing the triple E. We're losing lawsuits filed against SCAE's. Um, we went for an attorney general's opinion that would see if he thought maybe SCAE's would be legal. And I got a call one morning from my one friend at the State Department of Education saying, Zan, honey, you need to sit down because you got a negative attorney general's opinion. The state superintendent of education has just sent out faxes to all of the local school superintendents saying anybody going through SCAE's is illegal and you're at the top of that list. You're on every blacklist in South Carolina. And so that was, um, I remember just sitting down at my dining room table just to ask for the Lord's wisdom. What had I done wrong? I look out, there's a police car that's just pulled up, uh, you know, on the side of our house. I run, go get my 12-year-old and 10-year-old and tell him to go upstairs, hide, take my three-year-old daughter who I don't want to see, I don't want her to see me handcuffed and put in a police car. And I told them to stay upstairs in that room um, until I was gone and then to call Papa, my dad, he would know what to do. So, you know, things were... Hiding under the bed. <laughs> he was out of town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on a business trip. <laughs> Eating that uh, all-you-can-eat buffets, <laughs> watching TV at night. So yeah, so go, go for it. So uh, yeah, I had no idea this was going on. No. So this was a, and the strange thing that happened too in that time frame is that all these truancies were filed against our very best members. One of them was a University of South Carolina education professor. I mean, it was hilarious. It's like the enemy hit us at our absolute strength. So 
I didn't know this was going on though. Uh, I was, I think, out of town at the time, yeah, he, which probably added to the fear that that Zan had since I wasn't around. Yeah, and I mean, and I was so thankful for Joe. I mean, he was supporting this homeschool venture. You know, he's we're paying the bills, and um, and uh, but but the low point was when those policemen showed up at the door and. They were armed. I mean, they had their hands on their guns and they called me to come out on the front porch. And I can remember getting down on my knees and saying, Lord, I just want you to protect my kids. I don't care what happens to me. Just protect my kids. So the policemen call me out and they start asking me these bizarre questions. And they looked at me and they said, "Miss Tyler, there's been a robbery in your neighborhood and we think the thief is in your backyard. And I remember going, praise God. I mean, I was so glad my kids were locked in a room upstairs. I thought, thieves in the backyard, let me at them. Just don't bother my kids. And so it was just one of those funny coincidences where the Lord showed me that no matter what happened, he would protect me. And I was never, it's not that I was never afraid again, but I quit living in fear. And um, it's kind of a funny story. Then so then we keep losing lawsuits at the lower court level. Mike Ferris wins, uh, takes this to the state Supreme Court, dances circles around them. The State Department of Education and the Attorney General's attorneys come and meet with me, and we work out a compromise, and they'll add scathes to the law and even help me with a legislative plan if we can get rid of all the legislation. And so we actually... HSLDA actually ended up winning the Triple E case at the state Supreme Court level. And um, I can remember it was such a huge victory for homeschooling. And it was our first victory for homeschooling in South Carolina. And it, it was in December of 1991. And Mike Ferris and all the attorneys call me one morning and they say, San, we won, we won. And they're cheering. And in my mind, I'm hearing like the walls of Jericho falling because I just can sense freedom after, you know, eight years of fear and prosecution and persecution. It was really amazing. And so then in 1992, right after that, the legislature passed a law naming Skays as um, a, an equal alternative for homeschooling parents. So people could go through their school district or they could go through SCAES. And as Mike Ferris said, it was an advancement of a really important legal principle because it was the first time a state legislature had ever given a private sector organization the same power as local school boards in approving and monitoring, I don't like that word, supporting homeschool programs. So you know, Ty is going into the ninth grade now, and we sat down as he started high school, and I looked at him, and Joe and I were talking to him, and we said, you know, bud, this will be the first year since we started homeschooling that we weren't either in court or the legislature or some, you know, some really stressful um, circumstance with homeschooling. So, Joe, why don't you... And the, and the, the great blessing of this, I mean, and the... Kind of the meta narrative, to use a modern cultural word, is that Zan really laid down her legal future on the altar uh, when she married me, and then God gave it back to her in spades 
And there have been many times when she was at the legislature and everybody just thought she was a lawyer. And uh, Zan, not long ago, met a, a lady in another state who was a legislature, legislator and a lawyer and, and heard her story and said, Zan, you've done a lot more law than I've done. All I've done is move paper from the left side of my desk to the right and answered emails, but you actually had to do it. And the cool thing about it is it not only involved a lot of legal stuff, it involved all the lobbying. Uh, and I remember Zan was, would get depressed of, of all the workbooks that weren't completed because she would take the kids down there with her. But what an incredible education. I used to tell her, I said, good night. Nobody's kids can experience this um, like you guys have been able to. And then in the wake of it, uh, you know, one of our sons goes to law school, becomes a lawyer. It's really involved in the public square. Uh, my daughter becomes a executive producer with a major network in Los Angeles and is real involved in communication stuff that she saw and was involved in from the time she was five years old. And, and then my she, other son she used to say that she did more math with a camera standing behind her shoulder than she ever did just you know, in a normal day work because they just, the kids just grew up with television cameras in our home because anytime there was a homeschooling snafu, which was all the time, the reporters would come to our house. So. Yeah. And our oldest son was such a salesman in every way. And so communicative and he's used all those skills in spades um, in every in every sphere he's worked in. So it's amazing how God will take the mundane things that you don't even realize at the time and really use him to shape who your kids become as adults and use them for his glory. You know, I remember one time we were at the um, state legislature and Ty was probably 10 or 11 by this point. And we're walking up the stairs um, to the main floor and, and he says, hello, Senator so-and-so. I'll call him Senator Smith because I can't remember his name. And I said, and he said, hey, Ty. And I said, Ty, how do you know him? I need his vote. He said, just a minute, Mom. Let me run up there and get him. And he says, hey, Mr. Smith, I want you to meet my mom. Will you walk back down with me for a minute? Ty just has always known everybody. And he said, Mr. Smith, this is my mother. She's a really sweet person. You need to vote for her bill. Mom, tell him what your bill is. And sure enough, he votes for us. I mean, I'd never been able to find this man. And so, you know, so the kids really did. It It was um, Ray Vanderlaan, a Christian educator, said that our curriculum are the books we choose. And I think that's very important. But God's curriculum are the interruptions he brings into our lives to teach our children at a different level. And so, like Joe said, he really did that. He was so faithful with our kids when I would weep over lessons we had missed or workbook pages we had missed. And then all these defining moments with our kids, making them who they are today through these experiences that I could have never anticipated. Hmm. The Lord is a faithful God. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at zantyler.com. Until next time, see you later.